0: Welcome to the Fantasy Football Brothers Podcast. My name is Blake. I'm joined here with my younger brother, Carson. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well, and I'm excited for this. We did some upgrades with our recording, and I'm just hoping to make this an even better podcast for all of you
0: listeners. Yeah, so what we're here today to do is talk about the Thursday night game that just happened, and then any relevant fantasy news going into the weekend matchups. So I'll start with this. How are you feeling? Because you and I are actually going head-to-head this week. (laughs) Yes, we are. And
1: um, I had Kyler Murray playing, and Blake had DeAndre Hopkins. So, (laughs) Kyler Murray's day allowed for Hopkins not to do too
0: amazing. (laughs) I guess that's one positive, but he's still... Here's uh, here's how I take... Here's my takeaway from it. I pretty much matched your quarterback with a wide receiver. Yeah, no.
1: Yeah definitely you sacrificed if you can even say i mean obviously eight points for hopkins is not a good game for him but that's much closer to his average than
0: nine points for kyler
1: is
0: (laughs) yeah well uh, either way uh hopkins was in and out of that game he missed a whole half of the game technically i did hear that um yeah he he left with like eight minutes left in the first quarter and then came back with eight minutes left in the third quarter so yeah and And then and then even still he was in and out uh towards the end of that game it was really irritating to watch yeah i bet and i did say i didn't watch any
1: of it but oh and it just popped up on my screen too i did happen to see the final interception on uh when he when kyler was throwing in the end zone to aj green were you watching that Oh yeah, I watched the whole game. I, what what, I was, what happened there? You I, want a, any explanation?
0: <laughs> yeah, what happened was I put in a call to Hopkins <laughs> because you know he's one of my players, and they said, "Hey, on this last play, make sure Green's not looking towards the football." <laughs> so uh... and then, and then the Packers cornerback did the rest and that was a, a, a minus two another minus two for kyler
1: yeah i know i looked at his score basically he was like like 10 with the fourth quarter starting and then i look when the game's over and he's at nine i'm like oh
0: great very productive fourth quarter so yeah let's go ahead and get into yeah the, how the game we'll get into so the score so we, we already alluded to how it ended which was a uh, crushing interception that prevented the Cardinals from taking it to overtime or winning the game yeah Uh, the final score was 24 21 both teams are now seven and one honestly I mean considering that they just played we have a we have an indication of how they compete with one another it was a very close game the score indicates that but also I think that between the two I kind of feel better about the Packers not just because they won but because of how they have bounced back from week one
1: yeah, oh yeah, for sure. That's really good. Do you feel like this could be the NFC Championship?
0: Certainly. I mean, these are the two best records in yeah. the, in, that, in that conference, so I think that's definitely a possibility.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm looking at the stats of Kyler and Rodgers, and as far as they had the same exact number of completions, Rodgers threw the ball four more times than Kyler did, Rogers threw it for like 90 less passing yards but had two touchdowns and zero
0: interceptions and Kyler had zero touchdowns and two interceptions. Yeah. So something that the box score or n- rather the the final score doesn't indicate is that the Packers outpossessed the Cardinals. Oh yes, I heard it. Basically this. 2 to 1. Yeah. Uh I mean they had 30 they had 31 carries between their running backs, Green Bay did. Yeah. Uh, compared to you know 12 from edmonds and Connor combined yeah so yeah they 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 outsnapped them in a significant fashion they definitely controlled that game in despite the fact that they were playing on the road yeah
1: and i guess i i didn't notice that uh Kyler also had a fumble so he he struggled this game with turnovers and finding the end zone but i mean it's he didn't have a horrible passing day he just you know couldn't score with anyone besides who i mean was it james connor and chase edmonds were the only scoring yeah.
0: players for the yeah. cardinals i was i was every time that every time the cardinals got in the red zone and of course hopkins wasn't on the field so i was I was hoping that it was going to be a run play to one of those guys, and it ended up working out every time.
1: <sighs> yeah, five carries for Connor and two touchdowns. That's atrocious, but not much better. I mean, as far as just, like, I don't like that for fantasy. It's just annoying that he keeps on getting that. <laughs> but, like, uh, that's so weird. But then Edmonds only had seven carries, but he found the end zone too. Like, both of them, Connor even
0: more so. But and both I believe that was Edmonds' first rushing touchdown of the season. Oh, wow.
1: I can check you on that. Let's see.
0: Yeah, I think that's the case. That Either is, way, um yeah, so I, and this and we talked about this a lot on the on the regular show, but uh these cardinal pass catchers, you know, you just if you're going to start them, you have to just live with the outcome week to week. Yeah. Because I mean, nobody had an exceptional game because Kyler didn't have any throwing touchdowns, but You know, Green, Kirk, and Ertz all had very similar outings, Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I still think Rondell Moore is that guy, that lowest guy on the totem pole for that offense. Yeah, it
1: seems like he is. I mean, out of all those people, none of them boomed, but I feel like Moore is the only one that actually, like, busted out of all of them. Because, like, Hopkins, Green, Kirk, and Ertz, like, you know, they all had at least eight points, so you're like, eh, that's fine, but Moore only had 5.4. Like, that's not what you like to see.
0: Yeah, he did have a, I mean, He did have a rush for one yard. He had two carries. That's kinda of weird. <laughs> yeah, they were trying to they were trying to get him involved, and one was like a kinda of, it was a backwards pass, so it counted as a run. Uh-oh. Um but the idea was it was like a screenplay designed for Rondale to be in motion and then uh get the get the pass Oh, and Rondell Moore also had a fumble, so that
1: hurts his fantasy outlook, too. Yeah, I mean, I guess I agree. I mean, wasn't there some point in this season where Moore had the most targets out of any receiver on the Cardinals?
0: Yeah, it was early in the season. I want to say by week three that was the case, but it was still an interesting stat uh, for novelty purposes.
1: Well, yeah, especially if Hopkins being on the team, for sure. I definitely think that's interesting. Um, I guess I'll transition real quick to the other side of the packers how do you feel about aj Dillon
0: getting one more carry than aaron jones it was interesting so watching the game it was pretty clear that their intention considering i mean they were down Devonte adams they were down alan lazard and they were technically mm-hmm. down marquez marquez valdez scantling yeah. uh still on ir but uh, so they had Randall Cobb, who didn't do a lot except for the catches that he got. He had a very C.J. Uzama-type outing. <laughs> except less yards, fewer yards, but still... Yeah, same, much fewer yards. Two touchdowns, it was yeah. All, yeah, all red zone targets, really. Um, and then Robert Tunyon, who uh, tore his ACL in this game, so he's yes, out for the season. Reason. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it I, their plan of attack was to incorporate Aaron Jones in the passing game. And mm-hmm. I mean, we definitely saw that he had seven catches for 51 yards. Yeah. So that makes up for the uh, discrepancy, discrepancy in in carries, but yeah. you know, it, it it is indicative that AJ Dillon is here to stay in this offense. He's going to always be involved because he is that change of pace back. He's a, a bigger back. He's a bit of a, more of a bruising running back. So he's going to continue to get, Usage in this offense, especially when you know the only will the, the the good thing that I will say is that every time the Packers had a red zone carry, it went to Aaron Jones. He should have had two two rushing touchdowns this game. Yeah,
1: and something else I think that is
0: interesting
1: is that, um or I guess I will just say that like I feel like it's more of a fluke that Dylan out carried Jones in this game. I agree that he's there to stay. Um, but, like, the fact that Aaron Jones had 11 targets, this this really just, you know, boils down to the fact that they had, like, all of their wide receivers out. So, I don't think you're—I mean, you're worried about the presence of A.J. Dillon in this offense. But, you know, they, they spread Jones out, and it looks like Dillon didn't even have a target. So, like, they just knew that Jones was the more versatile of the two, so that's how they decided to, to, to deploy him. I guess I have one question, though, real quick. Did— in a game that Aaron Jones was healthy, because we used to always say free Aaron Jones, like in prior seasons, but in a game that Aaron Jones was healthy, did Jamal Williams ever outcarry him?
0: Oh, I have no idea you probably don't probably know that off to the ask. top of your head obviously you'd but to, yeah like, you'd have to ask a Packers fan because that's not uh, I just don't feel like he was... has in a game that Jones is fully healthy but I feel like it would take
1: a very unique situation like all of their wide receivers being out for it to happen so I think it's a little skewed but you're definitely still worried about Dylan's presence in this offense
0: yeah sure um, I I would agree with that yeah yeah I mean
1: that's all I got with this matchup personally <laughs>
0: yeah we can move on um let's go ahead and get into news so i'm gonna go ahead and start with let's see most recently oh kyler murray was a little banged up he uh he left that game like after the game was over he left the stadium in a walking boot Mm -hmm. um but he should be fine he's got you know extra few extra days between now and sunday Uh, to be ready for that next game yeah so there's really no uh considerable concerns about his uh availability for next week yet that's good to hear as someone that has (laughs) him. yeah uh let's see
1: i'm kind of i know something off the top of my head that i can start with real quick just uh the move of mark ingram to the saints I oh sure, that. let's let's talk about that a little bit. That hurt, I that mean, it I... happened like Monday, right? It was very very quick after Week Seven, but I think that. I mean, you can add to this, but my opinion is that that only hurts Ingram's value. Not like he had a ton, just because he's going to be behind Kamara. But it might give David Johnson, or I don't think both, or Philip Lindsay the chance to have some sort of fantasy relevancy when before they really had none. They were just like if you absolutely needed them because of buys. Do you agree with that? um sort of i mean it's still the Texans' offense at the end of the day
0: (laughs) yeah i was kind of more interested about it from an nfl perspective just because i think it's likely that uh considering ingram started his career and played the majority of his career with the saints that he wants Mm -hmm. to retire with them he's also he's also pretty close to uh breaking the all-time rushing record with that franchise Oh wow! So that may also be a reason why he's returning, or that they made this decision to bring him back, mm-hmm. um, so that he could get that record and retire with them. But I think that I think that his his days as a running back in the league are numbered.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I I think this is interesting timing, just because last week I was like kind of excited reviewing week seven. I'm like, oh wow. Jameis Winston's the only player besides Camara that had more than one carry. Now, I don't think right. like Ingram's gonna like take a lot of carries away from him, but I'm sure he'll get more than one carry every game.
0: Yeah, so I I do kind of think that it, it has the potential to limit Camara's usage in the red zone. Yes. Like especially goal line situations, because <laughs> uh last week in particular when Camara had so many carries, you have to also keep in mind that Taysom Hill Sean Payton's son was uh not playing he was injured he was out so traditionally like we had you know we had a few weeks ago where Taysom Hill had a Marshawn Lynch-esque run that resulted in a touchdown just shrugging off tacklers like four or five people so that that there that player he has a potential to limit Kamara's usage in the red zone and I think the addition of Ingram has the same opportunity. Um, you remember a few years ago and obviously Ingram has aged pretty significantly in that time frame but Kamara and Ingram were both like top 15 fantasy running backs when mm. that was a thing. You remember yeah. that?
1: I do. Uh, was that, was that just Kamara's rookie season or was that his second season too? Because I know that ingram left for wherever he left in the first place i don't even remember he went from the saints originally but and then latavius murray kind of filled in that role but i don't was that camara's rookie season where they both had that value like the latter half of the season
0: i believe so yeah because okay. camara didn't really come on until the later half but yes yeah either way i think it has the opportunity to kind of hurt camara from that perspective
1: yeah i mean from Kamara's perspective, hopefully Mark Ingram isn't like James Connor in the Cardinals offense. but I think <laughs> what allows Kamara to still be fine, even though it would you know it will not make fancy owners of Kamara happy to see Ingram getting uh you know easy goal line rushes. but uh, Kamara's got such a high floor just from his receiving work that I really think that if anything, it just gives him more opportunity to get keep his legs fresh and get more receptions
0: yeah um are you ready to move on to some more news yeah okay uh pete carroll says he has no update on chris carson who is eligible (laughs) to return off IR next week he says carson need to make a turn in recovery from neck issue says carson still feels uncomfortable so that doesn't make you feel good no not at all i mean i remember going into week six Maybe it probably
1: was when he first had the injury designation and they had the Thursday night game and Pete Carroll like, oh, he might play. And then I've heard like with the injury he <laughs> has, like Pete Carroll knew very well that he had no chance of playing. So just because of what he has the issue with his neck. So I don't know why they can't be clear and how he has no update.
0: Yeah. Um, Pete Carroll has a reputation for being extremely optimistic with player injuries. Yeah. I don't that's know how, you, how he
1: is. You're questionable for a short week turnaround on Thursday night football to being
0: placed on IR within a few days. Like that's just
1: ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I think it's just kind of you know, that's just how he is. But um same team, similar news. Carroll says Russell Wilson uh has gotten his stitches out of his hand, but no ETA on his return yet. So that that breaks my heart as a as a Locket manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Uh, and again, who knows, because it's just Pete
1: Carroll. It, you, it could really be... It could be good, it could be bad. He's just doing the no news, and that's really annoying. I mean, it's like what happened yeah. to... I mean, obviously, this wasn't Pete Carroll, but... It just reminds me of like what happened with Mixon at the end of last season, where they just would say nothing, but then not put him on IR, at least. But last year, IR was not... It was longer than three weeks required, correct?
0: What was the question?
1: This IR, like... The IR amount of time when you're being put on injury reserve. Three weeks. Was it like
0: that last season? I believe they changed that rule last season.
1: Okay. So, I mean, putting a player on IR is much easier this season than it would have been last season. It's less of a commitment. Um, so, it just reminded me, and it's really annoying to for them because they obviously know what's going on. To some degree, there's no way that he's like, I got no idea when he's coming back. Like, no, he's, he's literally a professional head coach for an NFL football team. Um, so I get that not... You can't be
0: 100% transparent, but it's annoying. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Austin Eckler, questionable to play Sunday's game against the <laughs> Patriots with a hip injury. China doll. And this is... Well, this is confusing because... Uh, I don't know if like you know he had some kind of extracurricular activity, but they were they're coming off of a bye. I know. So how is this just now popping up and becoming like a topic of conversation? It, it it's uh it's concerning for yeah Echler managers.
1: Like it must have happened in practice, right? Extracurricular activity.
0: I mean, yeah, because <laughs> nothing was said after the week six game. So yeah, that is very strange. Yeah. Yeah not much not much else to say on that at this point in the day but uh along similar lines although dak prescott was kind of banged up going into the bye uh he uh, there's a lot of sources out there indicating that it's more likely than not that he's going to miss uh sunday night's game wow
1: yeah that that would that's i didn't hear anything and that's also weird because he was on bye last week too um but was he dealing with that like in week six at all or is this kind of also it was it, it really
0: happened on like the last play of the game oh
1: yeah that's that's unfortunate but it it is weird um whenever teams have buys and we're starting to see more because they're happening obviously uh plays like that where they just get injured near the end of the game and then you just forget about them because it seems like they don't report heavily on them if they're on bye and then it's just like okay he's back to play for me if you had you know the week seven buys were awful you go pick up your quarterback you're like yeah i get dak back just for them to say that again yeah that'd be disappointing
0: yeah so honestly if if uh and i have in in a different league but um if you have dak prescott i would highly recommend uh get picking up someone just in case, and it's difficult because, although Kirk Cousins is your probably your best option, if not Daniel Jones, um, because those are the later slated games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirk Cousins is available in about forty percent of leagues, and I believe Daniel Jones is available in over half, like fifty-five percent, maybe. Yeah. So those are two. Those are two replacements that you don't feel terrible about, and they give you the flexibility of uh you know waiting until that's a game time decision for Dak if it comes to that. Yeah, I mean those really are your only two
1: options if it's a game time decision
0: because I mean Mahomes is Yeah, check if <laughs> Mahomes is on the waivers. Hey, there might be a league where somebody's fed up with him.
1: Yeah, somebody panicked. Oh man, that'd be so funny. Yeah, that also yeah. makes it annoying that he's not like a Sunday at noon game. Um but yeah, those those are two really good uh probably waiver options that hopefully everyone would have at least one of, but you never know. Yeah,
0: keep an eye on that. Um Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb are both off of the injury report, confirming they're set to return to action on Sunday, so that's good for the Browns' offense. I guess I do have a question.
1: Since it's confirmed that Baker will need an, uh, a surgery after the season ends, so is it just because like his shoulder got aggravated? It's not like the problem's over, right?
0: No, it's on his... Uh... It's not on his throwing arm, yeah. So, it's something that he can manage through the season, at least at this point. That's the uh, that's the approach they're taking. Uh, I think the I, I mean, I think because he can manage it at this point, the option of waiting to do the surgery is best. Because you know, once you're once you have that surgery, then you need to rehab it and yeah. obviously avoid taking physical contact to you know, make worsen things. So yeah, at this point he is going to play through it. And, uh, that's kind of all that we have on that.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. right. Tell me, tell me if you think this is important news. Uh, Deshaun Jackson and the Rams have amicably agreed to seek a trade for him. (laughs) So he really has not done a lot this season. He had yeah. one game where he popped off. But outside of that, and I don't know how old he is off the top of my head, I think he's, I want to say he's 34. Jeez. but I've...
1: So obviously, like, my time playing fantasy, <laughs> yeah, he's 34. I yeah. have not played fantasy when, like, Deshaun Jackson was in his prime, but it seems like every single season he's good for a few huge games and then just extremely mediocre the other time and i mean that's probably that's what you expect for an older wide receiver that's not at the top of the team not at not the top of the team's receiver depth chart but yeah i mean it depends on where he ends up i don't know you think so because
0: if, if he can't do it on the rams where's he gonna I know, do it the bucks i know
1: i'm just saying if he goes to a team, no a team with uh less depth would probably be better for him
0: yeah so the texans maybe <laughs> the
1: texans i mean honestly or like i don't know the eagles i don't know i guess it isn't even yeah that's where he spent most of his career right Wasn't former yeah
0: yeah that was the majority of his career was with them
1: yeah i mean it's not like he he gets traded to one of these teams and you're like oh you gotta pick him up now but yeah he could have more value potentially but yeah i, I feel like that's worth monitoring to some degree especially if you're in a deep league and you know your last receiver you never play anyways maybe you know pick him up just to see if anything happens
0: yeah maybe so i'm I'm sure his roster percentage is uh pretty low i would at this I point i would assume too i'll check real quick though okay here's another one while you're doing that eric ebron is out for the sealers as you may remember since he's kind of fallen off the planet the face of yeah. earth. he's a tight end so it's looking more promising for Pat Fryermuth, who I talked about last episode. Yes. Maybe a, uh, a bye week fill in for your tight end.
1: Yeah, I think he could be a decent um, fill in for if you, like, yeah, exactly, if you have Andrews or Waller that are on bye. Um, he could be a decent fill in. I think he had seven targets last, or week six, if I remember properly. Um, so, you know, I feel like he could have a decent floor. And you know, Ebron really has fallen off because I remember last season he had some value, um, so that is strange. But now he doesn't have anyone, you know, siphoning targets away from Firemuth, so that that is good.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I know the, the the door creaked open just a little bit more with that uh, news. So we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on that for uh, for our recap next week. Yeah, uh, Julio Jones out for Sunday. See, like.
1: Is that even good for A.J. Brown? I don't think so. We talked about this uh, last episode, I think. Uh, yeah. I don't really know if that's good for A.J. Brown. Because it just forces a mediocre Tannehill to, you know... I, I think Tannehill right now needs as many options as he can get.
0: So, I yeah, think that's Brown not has a, it's certainly not but... a... Yeah, I don't think it's a boost for Tannehill by any means. Yeah. Um... And AJ Brown has been hot as of late. The last two games, he's been very good. He's kind of been returning to form. Um, well, yeah, it. I'd be a little concerned, I guess, about AJ Brown considering that, like we talked about, I think the defenses will focus more on him when he's out there by himself. Right. I, I we could we could definitely look at the stats, um, and compare how he performed. I mean, the last two weeks is when he's done well. So every week prior, when Julio Jones was in or out, he was bad. But I I would imagine that whenever Julio Jones was out, that A.J. Brown maybe did a little bit worse. I don't know. It's it's hard to say whenever his uh, ceiling was so low prior to the last two weeks anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, as we have recommended, you're not starting Julio until he proves himself. So he's out anyways. And then, I mean, Brown is a must start, and he's reemerging. So you just got to hope that this doesn't hurt him too much. I think he'll be fine. I will say, uh,
0: I I looked up the Deshaun Jackson. He's rostered in two point two percent of leagues. Uh, that must be like a like a thirty plus year old league or something. <laughs> like you can only have players that are over thirty. Yeah, and that game that he had
1: twenty one points this season was five targets, his season high. Three receptions, his season high. I mean, everything's season high. Uh, so yeah. three receptions for a hundred and twenty yards and a touchdown. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like I said, it was uh, it was a blow up game, but it's certainly not. I I think it's more noise than news, personally. Agreed. I do agree. All right. Uh, Antonio Brown is the only Buccaneer uh, ruled out at this point for the game against the Saints. What do you think about that?
1: I think that is very good for Godwin and Evans, um,
0: just because. Of so what do you know last week? Do you know about? the the beef the history that Mark Marcus or no sorry Marshawn Lattimore and wait now I'm drawing a blank it's Marshawn Lattimore yeah I'm, that, ser- yeah, I'm okay. sure yeah okay for some reason I'm theory. thinking of Marcus but okay anyway Marshawn Lattimore and uh, Mike Evans oh do you remember a, do you remember I think it was either last season or two seasons ago they they literally fought and got ejected from the game oh okay i think i do remember that i mean they're yeah
1: they're uh it's a divisional matchup so they face each other a lot
0: but. yes historically historically Lattimore owns evans hmm. like last i think it was last season he shut him out one game he's held him to like one or two catches on a handful of times like two three times so honestly all signs are pointing for this to be a really big godwin game um as well as if gronkowski is able to suit up and play i think it's going to be a big game for gronk and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more uh we're also going to be posting a dfs a daily fantasy DraftKings video so that is a sneak peek for one of my rosters yes that's interesting i will say um were those times he was shut out like
1: prior seasons to brady or has it happened with brady even at quarterback
0: yeah it definitely has happened with brady okay
1: so yeah i mean that does i do feel much better about godwin than i do with uh evans so i agree with that and then the fact that gronk is coming in yeah, i do agree with that and i'm i really never feel that
0: confident with evans um but you have to start him <laughs> i just think you do I guess our last story is, and it's kind of more speculation than story, but I saw today that the Dolphins head coach announced that Tua was going to be the starter for the rest of the year. And I think that kind of like slams the door on the Deshaun yeah. Watson trade rumors.
1: Huh. That is interesting. Um, yeah. Because why else would he say that? Cause they weren't thinking about benching him to whoever the, or to, uh, Brissette, right. Isn't that their backup?
0: yeah that's, yes.
1: that has to be directed at the watson trade
0: yeah so i mean anything can happen between now and tuesday when the trade deadline occurs but i think it's probably more likely than not that watson just gets kept with the texans and probably gets held out for the rest of the season yeah that's a little <laughs> i mean i'm not going to mention on if he should or shouldn't play because
1: of what he's going through legally but it's for fantasy through, purposes yeah, for a fantasy perspective um i picked up will fuller because i had the roster space and he'll be good regardless when he comes back from ir but i was really excited just in case watson was going to go there just because of their prior connection so yeah it's
0: a little disappointing yeah personal yeah personal matters aside for fantasy the dolphins are worse or sorry the texans are worse for not having deshaun watson out there oh for sure yeah, so uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. I'll I'll do a quick refresh, and I'm not seeing anything new, so I think we can wrap it up here. Anything you want to say before we go? Um, no. I think
1: that this should be uploaded the same time as the DFS one on YouTube or whoever we're uploading it. So, you know, check the other one out if you haven't done DFS before. This could be your time.
0: Yeah, plenty of free contests for. Uh, people who are new to it to uh, get their feet wet it's it's a lot of fun it 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 takes the it takes the hassle of a commitment for a fantasy lineup out of the equation because every week is a new opportunity and if you're smart you can win some money or if you're lucky or if you're lucky yes we'll
1: end up that <laughs> thank you all for listening and we'll see you all in the next one bye-bye